When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Browns fans? This is Austin Farron from Sugar Creek, Ohio, and you're listening to the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Just me and Josh again today. We're the most devoted to this podcast. That's right. Uh, in, in Zach's defense, we were supposed to do this yesterday, and then I canceled, and then he already had something to go on today, and I'm clearly more important to the show than him, so we had to do it today. <laughs> and then Justin's sick, so I might have got him sick in the last week or so. Like, so. Justin's sick. You were sick last week. I've been sick since then. So we're lucky it's- we're even here at all. So yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, you uh, are welcome. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that we are having discussions about maybe changing the name of the show. There was that Drake and Josh on yeah. was it Disney or Nick or something and we can be Break and Josh. Break. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, oh boy yeah this is gonna be a good one yeah so um you know there's not a ton going on in the world this is the start of the combine week there's been some browns news in the past few days so we're gonna get into some of that um some hypothetical trades i saw on the interwebs um i saw a report by cbs sports we're gonna get into uh, but before we do remember to check us out on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok uh Definitely check us out on TikTok. I got that login information. I'm about to start dropping some fire content on there. I'm waiting for it. I don't it, know why you haven't yet. It's been a busy week, man. I I had to do 20 hours of post licensing education, and I it was due. It's due tomorrow, and I waited until Monday to start it. Sounds about right. So I've been doing a lot of post licensing online computer work the last two days, and it sucked real bad. All so, right. So pay, stay tuned for that TikTok game, though. Yeah, I'm Blake's about to ramp it up. Yeah, I might show some skin. No. <laughs> Ooh, isn't that an OnlyFans thing? It's how you get your OnlyFans <laughs> discovered on TikTok. Oh, okay. See, I don't know how the whole game works, but all right. I'm young and hip. What can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Uh, you can also find us on Google, Spotify, um, and Apple, duh. the other one. Sorry, I lost my train of thought talking about OnlyFans. Uh, also, if you want to get your intro on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail. I forgot to tell you that. Big shout out to Austin from Sugar Creek, right down the road for his intro uh, today. Um, lastly, if you're looking for more content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member on the Patreon page. A lot of fun on there. People, uh, Patreon members come on the After Hours episodes that we do every week. Um, we let them run the episode. We had fans fantasy football leagues where I post articles and I, I find interesting in there. It's just like constant Browns football talk throughout the week, nonstop 24 seven. We talk movies, we talk music, all kinds of things in there. It's just a, it's almost like an online Browns backers hangout pen pal club. So it's pretty cool in there. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, head to join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. So, 
coming out of this week, I would say the biggest piece of news, probably Browns wise, was um, that Njoku. I guess the Browns are saying word out of the Browns is that they're willing to pay Njoku ten plus million a year. I don't. Sure, I didn't hear for how many years, but that's the kind of range we're thinking. What do you, What do you think about that? Is he worth that? And what does that say? Is Austin Hooper still going to be on the team if we do that? Yeah. Uh, if if my initial reaction to that was it's a little high, a little high for what he's done in his four years, five years, in the five years in the league. And I, I know that this, the quarterback play hasn't been otherworldly in his time here, but at the same time, you know, good, you see good tight ends start to make a name for themselves three years, four years in. He's had five. He really still hasn't done a lot for me that would get that kind of money. So I think they're paying him, they're paying him kind of like on his potential. Um, which is risky. I will say this too. I, I I think I saw in his rookie year, he had five drops. And since then he only has, I think like four or five drops combined. It's some weird stat, like crazy stat like that. that I didn't know. So he's, I think he's shown he wants to be in Cleveland. He's put in a lot of work. He's clearly like a, an athletic, talented freak. Um, he seemed to kind of find like a, like a role last year. So if he gets paid and he's getting majority of the snaps, we get better quarterback play. You know, what can you get from him? I think the the worry is you let him go because you don't want to pay him and then he ends up on somewhere, you know, like the Chiefs. I know they don't need him, but they they kind of hoard talent or whatever. And then he, he just goes off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's 25 years old, so he's still young. There is obviously great potential. Like you said, he he is an athletic freak. I mean, that, that's why I was so excited when they ended up drafting him back in 2018. He was arguably our best 17 receiver pass catcher last year. I yes. know if for a lot of the season, he led the team in yards. Yeah, and he had like the biggest game, that game against the Chiefs. I mean, obviously, or the Chargers, uh, Chargers but he had one one huge catch and run, but still, it was a big game. Yeah. Um. If Austin Hooper is not going to be part of the picture next year, then then I'm more willing to pay David to come back and be that be that role. I I think it's super hard to evaluate a lot of our receivers or tight ends in the pass catching department because of the quarterback play. This past. it's so it's yeah. just so hard to evaluate. No, I mean our leading receiver was DPJ. What five hundred yards? Yeah, something like that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that, that's embarrassing. Um, so it's it's really tough to evaluate that position. So you got to really break it down um, on what he's done. You got to probably watch the film and see individually what he's doing in terms of blocking, his route running, that kind of stuff, because the numbers might not be there just because of the QB play. Um, but I think I trust Andrew Barry in terms of I don't think we're going to mortgage the future for David Njoku. So if they say they can pay him 11 million a year for three years or whatever, then I believe like that's in the plan. Mm -hmm. It's not going to screw us down the road. You know what I mean? They, they've thought about it and like, they know this is what they can do. Um, I just don't see if we do pay him that I don't see any way that Austin Hooper's back. It wouldn't make sense to be paying two tight ends that, much that amount of money, with, especially for the amount of involvement we've, we've used them for in the last couple of years, but 
supposedly when Stefanski came in, we were supposed to do all this three tight end stuff and it was going to make us unguardable and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we still do that, but I think you've kind of seen, even just in the last year, the evolution of the NFL, we got to put speed out on the field. You can't have three guys who run, you know, four eights or four nines out there. We need to put some four, three, four, four guys out there because it's, it's not going to, even if we go get a really good quarterback, that's making their job tougher. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, we got to put some, some speed, some guys who can separate some guys who can make people miss. And we got to put them out there and be able to give them the ball in space. So to me, it doesn't make sense to have two tight ends that you're paying over $10 million a year. Yeah. And I, I know one thing about Njoku too, is he's very focused on staying here. Yeah. He wants to be in Cleveland. He wants to play his career here. So not that every guy who says he wants to be a Cleveland Brown should be a Cleveland Brown or deserves huge money just because he says that, but it, it is nice to see. And we've kind of documented his, you know, history of at one point he wanted to trade. He didn't even want to be here at all. Which and is something I kind of like. He went from, they brought in Hooper, we drafted Bryant, and he's like, man, I want out. Yep. And instead he did a kind of a 180 in terms of, well, how, why don't I just outwork these guys Mm -hmm. get better and now the browns are willing to pay him like he's going to be the number one next year yeah you're right and that is a great that's that is a great characteristic to have instead of saying well well you just want to you know one up me i want to go why don't you just outwork those guys earn your spot i mean competition is great for competitive people yes competition is what you're only as good as you know your your backups I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. if there's no competition in practice, you're probably not going to be a very good team. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and, and it's good to see that Njoku kind of took that on, fired his agent. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He fired his just to try to stay in Cleveland. So I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. I like, I like David Njoku. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good teammate. He answered me on Twitter. <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. Uh, so I'd like to see him get a deal done. Not to say that means I don't like Austin Hooper. It's just um, I actually think Austin Hooper could be valuable. It just he hasn't really done it. Is it 100% his fault? Who knows? But Yeah, and then I guess if you're going to kind of blame the quarterback play for the lack of numbers for Njoku, you kind of have to slide some of that over to Hooper too. So... It's You're, been all of our pass catchers. Yeah. It's been all of them. Yeah. I mean, Jarvis's numbers have looked down from when he was in Miami. It's so there's a common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another Browns news. Um, the Browns are going to let Clowney hit the free agent market to kind of field some offers to get an idea of what the market is like for him before they make an offer. I think this could work in their favor or it could come back to bite them. But it the also I think Clowney Clowney's gonna want to test the market anyways. He's on the he's on the record saying it's it's about who's gonna pay him the most money. And so if the Browns came out and they offered him a low ball, he wasn't gonna take it anyways. No. So by letting him hit the free agent market, now it's just cross our fingers time and hope teams don't come throwing him big money. Yeah. Well and remind me is isn't this kind of how it worked out last year whenever we were trying to get him here in the first place not the year before i know it's been it was two years in a row we were 
kind of recruiting Clowney to come to Cleveland. And obviously the first year he, he went to Tennessee instead. But I thought last year too, he was kind of wanting bigger money, longer deal, couldn't get it anywhere else. And then took that one year prove it deal with the Browns. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. So he's done this the last couple of years. It hasn't worked in his favor. That being said, he didn't have, he wasn't coming off the years he's about to be coming off of. Right. Yep. So I do think the Browns though, unless somebody throws crazy money at him, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a solid meet, they should match it because I don't see any buddy on the open market that is going to be better than him. That's cheaper. You know what I mean? You're and you can't go bargain bin on these edge rushers. It's one of the most important positions on the field. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to save two million dollars and have a guy who's awful. Like let's just pay this pay the guy a little bit if we have to, and at least that position's one of the most important positions on the field is solidified. And he was so important to our run defense. Yeah. We talked about that last week, how our run run defense was completely transformed from a year ago. The Ravens games. Now I know the Ravens have all their running backs hurt, but he made an impact in both of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's athletic enough to kind of help try to keep Lamar in the pocket. Yep. Um, in their run game. And uh, I think it's, it would be a mistake to let him walk over. Like if, if we're close, they got to get it. They got to figure it out because again, don't go bargain bin on this it, and look at the running backs in our division. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon just had his best season as a pro. Um, Najee Harris is pretty freaking good. Yeah. Uh, and then the J.K. Dobbins, Lamar. You, I mean, if any of their top six running backs are healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about how deep yep. the Ravens are at running back, Dobbins, uh, Edwards, yep. Yep. I think it was Justice Hill. Yep. Even he's solid. Yeah. So, I mean, and then Lamar's, I know I'm not saying this, he's the best running back in the league. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that to be rude to the guy this time, but it's no, there's nobody you, you don't want to see him running in open space with the ball in his hands. No, so at all. Clowney is kind of, we need him for this division. There's, yes, the, the pass rush numbers are huge. You know, he almost got the 10 sacks this year, which would have been nice, but what he does in the run game is so underrated. Oh, definitely. And I I think with the Browns being in this, so it's just weird to say after all these years of suckage, but the Browns are in this win now window with their roster. And I think trying to fill that other side of the defensive line with some, you know, second rate, second string type of, you know, edge rusher or a rookie in the draft, which we know we really can't afford to be blowing that early first round pick on an edge rusher this year. And we have so many other wide receiver needs. <laughs> so we already know we have a proven guy in Clowney who can get the job done. And he really, really, you know, intensifies that run defense. So we should really be looking into, like you said, matching, trying to get that deal done, depending on what he's getting offered from other teams. It'll be really interesting to see what we do in free agency. I think what we do in free agency is going to very much dictate who we take with that first pick. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. If, if you see us land a wide receiver to in free agency, that's a very real possibility that wide receiver is going to be off the board in the first round for the Browns and they're going to go defense. Um, If we find an edge rusher or an interior defensive lineman in free agency, and we don't address wide receiver, then I think wide receiver is 100% in play. It's going to be very interesting to see 
what Andrew Barry attacks and where. Yeah, especially what sort of receivers they go after in free agency because we've been saying all along too, this this class, obviously, we'd love to get one of those really, you know, early projected studs in the draft at receiver, but it's such a deep position this year. We could easily get a really good receiver who develops into a one in the second round. Correct, yeah. Or trade back up into the end of the first. All kinds of things can happen when draft day rolls around, as we know. Yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. I want one of those receivers, but that's because yeah. <laughs> I like offense. Yeah, we uh, like flashy new shiny toys. Yeah. Um, so this week, Andrew Barry came out and said that, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing his quote, that the Browns have seen Baker play at a high level. They've seen him play playoff football before. There's no reason to think that he won't do it this coming year, and he's the guy. They have to say that. Yeah, I mean, he can't come out. He's not going to come out before free agency and before the draft and just give up any bargaining position he has. You know what I mean? You got also reports coming out from Mary Kay saying the Browns are going to explore all option, all QB options in this offseason to, uh, to upgrade. Who are you going to believe more in this situation? Um, you can say whatever you want about Mary Kay, but she has no reason to lie in this situation Andrew Barry does, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. people can hate on her when she makes reports like this, but she's been doing this job a long time and she has sources and the sources wouldn't speak to her if she wasn't trusted. So, and if somebody's telling her that we're exploring options, I believe that we're exploring options. I'm not going to believe the guy who's trying to keep all the chips close to his chest so he can, you know, have negotiating and bargaining power yeah so speaking on that i saw it was a hypothetical trade on a browns website i forget which one i saw it today um and we need filler content because it's the off season (laughs) so uh, so i wanted to throw this out to you it was the browns trading for russell wilson um we would get russell the we would trade away baker this year's first round draft pick and next year's first round draft pick and then what do you think? Would you take that? You that sounds, the Seahawks would take that. It kind of sounds similar to what, uh, remember that draft simulation or that trade simulation that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with had to do with Russell. Uh-huh. I can't remember if that was the same offer or not, but would I give Baker and our next two first round picks for Russell Wilson? <sighs> I probably, probably just because just probably, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Let's do it. You talked me into it. That was easy, right? First first round picks, we've talked about it before, and I got to keep reminding myself, I think we put a little too much stock in them. There's no guarantee whatsoever they pan out whatsoever. We could easily get the players we need in free agency and in the later, you know, second, third rounds of the drafts. Russell Wilson is a proven Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's still young. And I think he's got a lot left in the tank. And I think a change of scenery would really help him out too. I agree. He he came out and said that he likes being in Seattle, but he just, you know, he's a, a good, uh, I guess, teammate and like player. So he's not going to, he's not putting down his own organization, mm-hmm. kind of like a Derek Carr. Um, but he, there's got to be a small inkling in there somewhere that where he's like, man, it'd be kind of, I'd kind of like to get a fresh start somewhere. Um, yeah. I would pull the, the trigger on that in a heartbeat. 
I don't know if you guys remember, but two years ago, I said I would have traded Odell and Miles. Yeah, yeah, you did for Russell Wilson. And yeah, a lot of people called me crazy. Some people still might call me crazy for that, but we let Odell go for free. That's true. <laughs> so That's true. Um, but I, I would do that in a heartbeat. One, if, if unless you're a team like one of these really bad teams like Jacksonville, um, where you need a lot of draft capital to try to get as many picks as possible, so you, you can hit on as many as possible to get started to get to your window. To me, draft picks is overrated. Yeah, and you always say the Rams have clearly shown us that they don't matter. If you're if, in, if you can, yeah. If, you if can you're in your it. window, mm-hmm. if you're in your window, you're you're you just need that little bit to get over the hump. To me, the draft picks are, are they're crazy. Well, overrated. think about Bill Belichick all those years. You know when when he had Brady, he they never picked in the first round. They were always trading out, racking up second and third round picks, and then they were hitting on those picks. But they were giving up the first rounders to to do that. Yeah. So it's it's really all about your you know your front office personnel, your coaching, what what these your your talent evaluators. But my my w- only hesitation, I know you're going to call me stupid for this with Russell, is I'm just a little hesitant to go from a short quarterback to an even shorter quarterback. And I know that Russell, <laughs> obviously, he's proven that he can navigate the pocket in the NFL because he's been elite in the NFL. But I. It still just gives me a little bit of hesitation. So I'm not worried about that going from Baker to Russell. I would be more worried about that going from Baker to like a, a rookie. I think what's his name? Malik Wills or something. Malik Willis. Yeah. Willis. I think, I think he's, he's only he's, six. He's a, he's a shorter guy. I would be more nervous in going from Baker to him because he's unproven. Yeah, I agree with going that. Going from Baker to Russell. I've seen Russell do it in this league for a long time. Yeah. Well, so, and I guess the the Seattle offensive line is nowhere cl- hasn't been anywhere close to what Cleveland's offensive line is right now. Honestly, since Russell got his contract, the entire their entire roster hasn't yeah. been that great, which is one of the reasons why you got to be so careful giving quarterbacks money. Yeah. And you got to have a, a special quarterback. Now the the Seahawks haven't made it to the Super Bowl, but they've won 10 plus games and been competitive um, almost all the time. You know, this year was rough. Russell missed a decent amount of games. Uh, but pretty much if Russell's been the quarterback, they've always at least been relevant towards the end of the season, and mm. they, you know, made some playoff pushes, that kind of thing. With, I mean, they got Lockett and Metcalf now, but before that they didn't really have anything on offense. It was So they had the Legion of Boom, and then that went away, and it was just basically Russell, and it was just him running around carrying the team for a long time. Uh, so if you're going to have a quarterback that makes money, he's got to be good enough to elevate yeah. some of these players. Now, Russell could come here and he wouldn't necessarily, he'd still have to elevate some people, but he wouldn't have to do it nearly as much he's had, as he's had to do it in Seattle the last five years. No, I, and I've always liked Russell Wilson just as the guy. Like he's just always been a, Especially when he first came in the league and he he took over that starting spot, and then the second year he goes and he wins a Super Bowl, and he was just so humble about the whole experience that I. He's supposed to be. He, they picked him in the third round. Yeah, Matt Flynn was supposed to be that guy. They gave him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and free agent. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, they paid him to be the guy, and he never even got to start his, ever. Yeah, which is nuts. Um, so I would make the move on that trade. What do you guys think? Would you make the move? I know for some reason there's been a lot of Russell slander the last year and i don't know why like do we not do we not remember that this dude is very good like extremely good he is i'm just gonna look up do you remember do you know exactly how old he is 
Not that that. I thought he was mid thirties. Thirty three. That's what I thought. Oh, oh yeah, that's young. right. He's our age. He's I young. knew that. Yeah. <sighs> well, if he's yeah. the same age as me, then I don't know if we should draft him because I feel like crap every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not in quite as good a shape as Russell Wilson. Yeah, just a little bit <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I haven't gotten hit as much as he has. No. Um, but I just the more I think about it now that we've been talking about Russell Wilson, he's not going to be running for his life in the you know behind this offensive line like he is in Seattle. He's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. So you put that behind our line with our run game and the play yes. action. And whatever receivers we do bring, because we are bringing in yeah. something at receiver. I mean, that's that's lethal. He's he's considered one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Yeah, imagine if they they would make that trade, we'd have Wilson, they bring in like an Allen Robinson, who's not, you know, a young, speedy receiver, but he's such a reliable target. Imagine if Schwartz figures it out. Yeah, but that's where I was going to go with the speed then was Schwartz. You know, and DPJ. So I, I think he'd fit in our system great. Um, I would make that move yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as we move forward, um, another thing I did see was Devontae Adams, arguably the, the hottest free agent target on the market. He was CBS listed the Browns as a long shot to get him. Um, they said if we could add Aaron Rodgers, obviously our chances would go up. <laughs> yeah. Don't tease me, CBS. Uh, <laughs> but um, he was listed as a long shot. They said basically Andrew Barry has been great, but he's yet to make, you know, a big splash move as he's been a GM. And this could be his first chance to make like that, that kind of headline grabbing mm. move. Um, man, make it happen. Andrew Barry, go, <laughs> go, go get your headline because this is that would make the Browns, I mean, so much better. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go as far as to say that favorites. They got, come on, I mean, you'd. Ha- I'm done saying we're favorites or anything because I've been burnt too many. I'm like, I just can't say it anymore. I want to say that next year we're going to be really good, but yeah. who knows? Who who know? we're Cleveland? Yeah. Every time there's expectations, we don't live up to them. Every time we aren't expected to do anything, we somehow have an okay season. No, I say every time. I mean like twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but this is a move. Well, one talk. It'd be it'd get the fans excited. He'd be one of the most popular players on the team instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, could you imagine him with you know? In the play action. Imagine thinking we got to stop Nick Chubb and then Devontae Adams is out there. Yeah. I guess whenever I said favorites, I was thinking Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you mean to get, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm hearing rubblings that he's going to re-sign another short-term deal with the Packers and they're going to make it, pay him like $50 million a year or something. Nuts. Um, which is funny that he would go back after all that. I mean it would just be very Aaron Rodgers. Unless he just knew he was staying there the whole time and all his grumblings was to get more money. Yeah. (laughs) Which, who knows? At this point, honestly, I I would be shocked if he's not a Packer. I don't understand how you went from, I'm I'm so mad I'm not going to play. This is my last, they're letting me come back for one last ride with my guys and then I'm gone too. Oh, you know, I think I will stay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And maybe part of that too was to like, hey, this is my last ride here. If you want to win a Super Bowl, better do it now. Trying to get more guys to the team, and he's got. Plenty. I don't know. Yeah, he's got plenty. Yeah. Um, 
they should not have lost the 49ers. No. <laughs> that game was ridiculous. So. Yeah. But what do you guys. I don't know a single Browns fan who would say no to Devontae Adams on our team. You, Especially if it meant you got Aaron Rodgers with it. <laughs> if that's something you can't get behind, then I don't know. I don't know don't, what to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I say don't watch the show. Don't watch the Browns. Just <laughs> yeah, forget it. I don't know. I don't know what you would need. Um, but especially the fact we, I mean, we'd essentially get him for free. I mean, not for free. You'd have to pay him, but he's a free agent. And we don't have to trade anything. Right. Nothing like that. So just to, the fact that we were on the, the, the short list of teams who could potentially land him kind of made my, my ears stand up a little bit. Just a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we move on, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill, good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. I did a few of these myself over the weekend. Wasn't feeling too good, so I thought, screw it. I'm going to lay on the couch and put some lineups together. Didn't win, Uh, but I'm going to keep on playing because it's just too much fun not to. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Um, Speaking of basketball, Cavs got to get their players healthy. We're on a little, we got a tough few weeks stretch here that's going to kind of dictate playoff positioning, I think. And we've come out of the all star break with no Garland, no Levert. Rondo's hurt. We're playing basketball like it's 1970 again. There's no guards. We just have seven footers running around slowly, and it's not been good. So they need to, the Cavs need to get healthy. They need, what's crazy is we're competing. But we, we just, down the stretch, we can't do enough offensively with no. Yeah, you need those guys. We need them. And hopefully once we hopefully once Garland gets back, we start uh, winning again. But they've been tough to watch. They play tonight, so hopefully hopefully we can get a win. We'll play against the Hornets, who have an okay guard. So that sucks. <laughs> I haven't heard if Garland's playing or not. If he does, or if he doesn't, it could get rough. Mm. Um, so if you haven't been watching the Cavs, go watch them, though. This is the year. Uh, so it, to Monday started the combine. They haven't done any on field workouts yet and stuff like that, but teams have been showing up. Guys have been showing up, getting their measurements, doing team interviews, that kind of stuff, uh, media availability, all that good stuff. So we're just going to go through, uh, Stefanski was there. So he was asked some questions by reporters. We're going to go through, uh, listen to his video, talk about a little bit. Um, got some video clips from Alave and Wilson. We're going to play a couple of those and then we'll just talk about them. I think there were uh, times that, that we just have to do a little bit better job at, at, at really every spot, coaching, playing, you name it. I just think we got to uh, nail down the details of, of, of our system, give our guys the best chance to succeed, and then ultimately make a couple more plays a game is what it comes down to. So I think, I mean, I think if you watch the Browns this past year, you know that they weren't far away from being a 12-win team. You can go look at a handful of games and point to one or two plays that is why we lost in, I mean, we were 
hairs away from being a 13-win team, a 12-win team. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, off the top of my head. First Ravens game. First Ravens game. There's four. How about the Steelers game? We should have never lost the first one. Yeah, 15-10. Yeah, that was stupid. There's five right there. So when he, you know, a lot of times these games come down, like he said, it's just a handful of plays that make or break the game. And this was a year where we just didn't make those plays. So if everybody, I mean, if we can button up even in three of those games, make those plays, we're in the playoffs, you know? So I I think, um, I think that everybody's just got to get on board. It's the details. It's I think from 2020 to 2021, we didn't appear to be as buttoned up at times. No, it it didn't seem that way. You know, we seemed like a well-oiled machine in 2020, which was crazy because we weren't ever practicing. Yeah, we weren't so allowed maybe, to see each other face yeah, to face. Maybe the key is to keep these guys away from each other. They don't tick <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, but it, it was kind of weird to see us go from so polished and well coached and disciplined in 2020 into it seemed to take a little bit of a step back. We didn't go into like Freddy territory. No, no. But it was definitely especially early in the year penalties were an issue again. It seemed to get better as the year went on, but um I just think, you know, if you ought to be taken seriously, you got to do the little things. This is the little things that lead to the big things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw our defense from the beginning of the season to the end, how much better they got. I mean, that second half of the season, other than the Patriots game, our defense was had us in every single game, but it was the offense that was just getting worse and worse and worse. We couldn't score 17. We could, <laughs> it was almost yeah. impossible to get there. I mean, uh, this is the NFL in 2021, and – you can't score more than 15, 16 points in a game. I know. You're not going to win. No, because as, especially as you get further into the playoffs and stuff, you're going to face good offenses. Yeah. I mean, ask the bills. Bills were yeah. the statistically best defense in the league this year. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. They gave up 177 yards passing after the two minute warning. Yeah. So in the NFL right now, I mean, if your defense is giving up 15 points a game, that's essentially a shutout. Yeah, especially with kickers to make field goals from 60 yards. Yeah, it, it's stupid. So, yeah, if, you, if your offense can't outscore teams when your defense is doing that, I mean, that's why you're not in the playoffs. Yep, 100%. Uh, we did see reports. Stefanski came out and said he's going to continue to call plays mm-hmm. this coming year. Where do you stand on that? Um, by default, I'm not a huge fan of head coaches calling plays just because I think that there's – there's enough stuff going on during an NFL game that you need to be focused on and, and managing and handling that you have an offensive coordinator for a reason. You get to handpick these guys. Um, now, it works out, obviously, for some coaches, but I do think they're the exception, not the rule. What do you think? I like that he calls the plays. <laughs> uh, my biggest thing, too, is the the biggest argument I hear against him is People like to talk about the Steelers playoff game where he didn't coach in uh, Van Pelt called plays. <laughs> that one game? That one game. And then like, look how explosive the offense was, blah. And then the next week, we only scored 17 against the Chiefs. The offense was not that explosive in that game. The Steelers gave us five, turn- five turnovers in the first half. If you remember in the second half, we did essentially nothing, and we hung on for dear life to win yeah, the game. That's right, we did. So that's right. I, I get so tired of hearing the let Alex Van Pelt, like Alex Van Pelt's going to come in, and it's still going to be the same offense. So I have it, it, that that argument makes no sense to me. 
Um, two, I don't mind them calling plays because, I mean, some of the best coaches in the league call their own pl- call the plays. I mean, Matt Lafleur calls the plays. Sean McVay calls the plays. Sean Payton calls the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays. So as long as it's not causing problems as far as clock management, decision-making, that kind of stuff, I don't have a problem with it. Now, if it comes out this year and we got um, all kinds of clock management and game managing decision problems, then okay, give it up. But until that becomes an issue, I mean, we saw the guy milk every last bit of talent out of our offense (laughs) in 2020 when he was coach of the year. So I don't think he's the problem. No, I don't think he's the problem at all. And at the end of the day, whether, you know, I think – Maybe he shouldn't, or you think he should. It's his call. If he wants to do it, he can do it. Yeah. And hell, he won coach of the year two years ago. I'll let him do it. You know, <laughs> I, It's not my preference, but at the same time, if he wants to go for it, I'm not, I like Stefanski. I really do. No, I think for the first time in my life, we have a, like we have the coach. We have, the I think GM. so. Yeah. I mean, t- to me, it's, we're building, we're trying to build something that's sustainable too. Like um, Kobe Altman, the well, former GM of the Cavs, he's now the president. You know, he they just promoted guys from within to take up these new spots because he was promoted. And he was talking about how they're trying to build a culture where, you know, the last time LeBron left, it left us in shambles because we weren't built on anything. We were just LeBron. Yep. You know, and then he left and we crumbled. Now, you know, we should be able to to add pieces, take pieces away because there's a foundation of hard work, discipline. You know, there's principles that were built on as a team and as an organization and that when you come here, you have to buy into this. And that's why the Cavs are doing so much better this year is the, because they've already started to build that with Altman. They made a good hire in J.B. Becker's staff and they've built, they're building cohesion throughout the organization. Browns are doing the same thing. Yeah, you're right. They're doing the same thing. You know, now when you come here, it's not just to collect a retirement paycheck. You come here, you're going to work. Whether you like Stefanski or you don't like Stefanski, you know, he's going to make these guys work. There's nobody here collecting a free paycheck anymore. We're not just super excited because we got a 50-year-old Dwayne Bowe and he caught a touchdown pass one time, so we can't wait to add him to the roster. You know, uh, there's actually like, there's principles and stuff like that that the team is being built on. And for the, that's like the first time in my life that we've had that. Look at I, look at the O-line in year one. Look at the defense in year two. I, they brought in guys. They, they identified what they needed, and they handpicked the correct people to fill those roles. And it, it worked. Yeah. Both I, of those times it worked. I've argued with some people online because I've talked about how I don't necessarily want to just let Jarvis walk if we can handle it because he's helped change the culture and people have argued with me that the culture in Cleveland hasn't changed. Oh, and I'm like, guy, I've argued that we didn't turn the team around in terms of wins and losses, but the culture is a hundred percent has been changed. <laughs> yeah. the, fa- the fact that we just won eight games and people are mad about it. That is the culture being changed. Right. We talked, I think we talked about that last week. Was it yeah, a couple weeks at couple, least? Yeah. You don't, Three, four, five years ago, eight games was our Super Bowl. Yep. We would have been pumped. Yes. The expectation now when you come to Cleveland is to make a playoff run. Yeah. Is to push for the playoffs. It's we don't accept losing. Like I said, there's no guys just here collecting a paycheck. Correct. That's called a culture change. Correct. A hundred percent. So for <laughs> for people to say that the culture and the wins and the wins will come. 
but you can't you can't build it from the top down you got to start at the the bottom you got to build it up and that's what people like Stefanski and Barry are doing and then players like Jarvis and I'll give Baker credit he's helped do that too um Miles, these guys who want to be in Cleveland. Now you got guys like John Johnson taking pay cuts to come here. That's culture change. Yep. You had people taking huge bloated paychecks to come here and stand around and do nothing five, six years ago. And now you have guys taking pay cuts to come here mm-hmm. to play and compete for the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Don't tell me the culture in Cleveland's not changed. It's it's 100% changed. There's expectate. There's never been expectations. No. Hmm. There's expectations now. Absolutely. And Nick Chubb's another one. Yeah. I mean, now that I love Nick Chubb. I don't know how I almost didn't bring him up. I, Why I did, just, you did. <laughs> yeah. He, you talk about a guy that just comes to work and just works his tail off. And do you see that video on Twitter? I squatting, think squatting like, five, was it 500? Something ridiculous. I forget what it was. It was guys a beast, man. Light work. Look like me in high school. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh slight difference but i see the similarities yeah i was a little faster he's probably a little stronger (laughs) uh but yeah so don't 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 tell me the culture's not changed um it's definitely changed stefanski's done that um he's built a, a team built on accountability and stuff like that so i like stefanski if he wants to call plays it's fine yep i'm i'm excited for this year to see what he does oh me too i'm I'm excited for the off season. I really am. I know we were talking about like, ah, we need some filler content. We don't have a ton of stuff to talk about, but the speculation and to really hone in on some of these rumors and possibilities. As we get closer to the draft and free agency, yeah. it's going to pick up. Yeah. Which is coming soon. Yeah. So thing, things are going to get nuts quick. I think once Rogers decides what he's going to do, that's going to be like the domino. Mm. Like once, I think once one thing happens, it's just going to all, it's going to be like open the floodgates. Yeah. It's like the dam's blocked right now. And as soon as there's one crack, it's just going to explode. And we're just going to have, there's going to be crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Cause right now it's a bunch of BS. Cause like I, I saw a report the other day, like back to back, it was uh, Packers have gotten five trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. Then the next story was Packers say they haven't received any trade offers whatsoever <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, okay. Smoke you, and mirrors. You people suck. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> uh, Okay, well, I think we got a couple of videos for some what some local wide receivers. Yeah, a couple of receivers from the draft. Do you want your wide receiver one first, or do you want the other guy? Doesn't matter. All right, we'll do the other guy. It's a great organization in Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I had a meeting with them, I think on Monday, but uh, it's, a, it's a huge organization. Uh, I definitely uh, like the way they run that. And just to stay, stay in the state of Ohio, uh, I know the fan base is crazy. And uh, one of the best fan bases and i definitely uh would love that and enjoy that so that was chris olave ohio state wide receiver who i'll be honest with you i would not hate to see in a cleveland browns uniform no uh he was uh the what touchdown all-time touchdown leader now at ohio state he beat out um was it kj hill wasn't it somewhere now now i can't even remember it, or was it an older guy? It was an older guy, I was thought. It David Boston? Or? I think that's who it was. Yeah, David yeah. Boston. 
But I thought I, I thought um, what's his face broke all that all David Boston's records. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He, I thought he had like obliterated every in that one in that one he had in that one yeah in that one game yeah that bowl game was nuts. It was actually just popped up here. 347 yards and three touchdowns. I've never watched a game. <laughs> I mean, this is a little off topic, but if you guys watched the Rose Bowl with Ohio State, I've never seen a receiver have a game like that. It, it was the closest thing I saw was a few weeks later when Jamar Chase did it to the Chiefs, and he only had 200 some yards. Yeah, right. And, and Jigba had 100 more yards. Dude, it was nuts. I've never seen anything like it. And I mean, he was so good. It overshadowed the fact that uh, CJ Stroud had six touchdown passes. Yeah, and like 600 yards or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and he was an afterthought because in Jake, I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. No. And the thing is, you know, I, I talked a lot about like, when I was watching games this year, I was like, man, Smith and Jigba is really impressing me. And people would be like, oh, well, yeah, but Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave taking all the attention away. Well, those two guys didn't play in that game. <laughs> it was Smith and Jigba number one. It was and he in, did that. It was in Jigba and then a bunch of talented guys who had no playing time this year. Right, young guys. Who, and one of those guys came out and had three touchdowns or two touchdowns or something. Was it Harrison Jr. had two or three touchdowns? Yeah, I think so. Like Ohio State, if you guys are high, <laughs> they're so freaking loaded at yeah. wide out. It's unbelievable. Brian Hartline is just doing crazy things at Ohio State. He is. And CJ Stroud from, man, when the season started, he looked like a freshman. Yeah. Rough. By the end of the year, I, he's got, a, he's man. probably, he's arguably Heisman favorite coming into this year. God, well, yeah, him or um, Bryce Young. It's, yeah. Young guys. Young guys that are just stepping up and doing it. So, here, let's look at a, a combine from Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I did have a formal with the Browns, and, um, you know, it, it would be great to link up with Baker. You know, Baker's someone that, uh, you know, like I said, did it, did all the things that I had wanted to do. You know, being a Heisman winner, you know, that's stuff you can only dream about. So watching him ball when I was younger, you know, that was really awesome. And, you know, having that opportunity to maybe have that happen again would be, you know, would be awesome. Uh, I'd say the last time we talked was probably right before this past season. Um, you know, this past season, we... We haven't, uh, you know, talked that much, but, um, you know, we, he, we used to check in on each other a little bit more. So, you know, he, whenever we were in quarantine, we were linking up and throwing, like I said. So that was Garrett Wilson. Yep. He's awesome. He's he's so good. He, yeah. He's explosive. He's got like Jamar. He, I think if you drafted him, he could make the impact that like a Jamar Chase made for the Bengals this year. Playmaker. Yeah. Yep. He's a beast. Um between him and Olave, would you rather have him, Olave, or other? I guess, should we bring in what we saw from Mel yeah, Kuyper? Well, yeah, might as well. So then yep. while we're talking about wide receivers, uh, Mel Kuyper put out a mock where he had the Browns trading up to what you said, nine? Yes, with the Broncos. The Broncos to take Drake London out of USC, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll be 100% honest. I don't watch a ton of college football other than Ohio State. And I haven't really begun to look into these people. The, what I know about Drake London is that he put up a season's worth of numbers in a half a season. Yep. Um, I know the DF Sports doesn't like him. No, no, Derek does not. He's not a fan. Like him, but. But he's the only person I know who doesn't like him. Now, I did get to watch Drake London. I think it was twice this year. I, again, USC's tough. West Coast college teams. We don't usually get to watch here in the East very often because Correct. they just. Games don't start till after 10 o'clock or later. Um, he's impressive, but I didn't see, 
I didn't see what I saw out of Garrett Wilson out of Drake London when I was watching those games. Now, doesn't mean he can't do it or yeah. he didn't do it. I need to watch the tape. We still have to do our, you know, our uh, draft prospect evaluations and things like <laughs> that. But we've already done it basically on Olave and Garrett Wilson for the last three or four years, depending on who you're talking about, because we've watched these guys every single Saturday. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson from his freshman year, he was a true freshman, came out and was playing for the Buckeyes and playing well and making big plays. And it was like, oh, this kid's going to be pretty good in a couple of years. Well, it was one year and he was outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and and he just got better. Olave, I'm kind of shocked Olave didn't come out in the draft last year. I, whenever he, did, he said he was coming back at, for another year at Ohio State, I was a little shocked. Yeah, so... To me, Olave, he kind of reminds me of like Keenan Allen with, yeah. you know, like a, just a great route runner. And Keenan Allen's great. Do I take Keenan Allen in the top 10 or top? I don't know. So you that's know. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, if you're if we're trading up to nine or trading up at all to get a receiver at this point, for me, it'd be Garrett Wilson, not Drake London. Yeah, I want Garrett, well, one, I mean, you call me a homer. I want the Ohio State guy, uh, especially because I think he's better. And um, it just, it energized the team. I feel like it energized the fans. I feel that we almost never draft Ohio State guys with the exception of Denzel Ward. I mean, before that was what, Brian Rubisky? <laughs> and we, I feel like we drafted Brian Robisky just because he was from Ohio State. Yeah, I remember that pick was a little. And we reached. I think we yeah. took him second round. And it was like, wait, why? What? He wasn't even that good at Ohio State. Yeah. And it felt like they knew we were going to suck. And they're like, let's just take this Ohio State guy so people are happy. That wouldn't be the case here. If Garrett Wilson's available in the first round, he would 100% be worth that pick. I think so. I do. Um, it's just, it's hard to argue against it he was such a playmaker for the Buckeyes and we're and we're seeing wide receivers make impacts on teams now immediately yes it's, it, man it was like three years ago the rule was well give it the second half of the season and then they start to kind of the, the rookies will come on now it's week one week two you got these rookie receivers blowing up and it's 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 crazy um do you take Wilson because he has a little bit of I don't know if I'd call it chemistry. Who knows how much they've actually played together, thrown or whatever. But there's at least familiar familiarity with Baker. No, that matters not to me. Me too, because I don't even know if Baker is going to be on the quarterback. No, that's true. So that for sure. Plus, you know, we heard about all the chemistry with, you know, well, well I guess it wasn't with Baker, but like the Jarvis Be Odell chemistry and teammates and coming together and it was all going to be great and none of it ever worked out. So I don't care about like previous yeah, chemistry. Chemistry between two wide receivers is a lot different than chemistry with a quarterback and a wide receiver. All I know is Matthew, all Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup had to do was get coffee every morning together or breakfast or whatever they did. <laughs> and, you know, all time great season. So this is true. I, I think that whoever the quarterback is, as long as the, uh, you know, the coaching and everything is handled well, it's going to work out. I agree. Yeah, I'm not making a, a decision like that. My biggest thing is you don't know if Baker's even going to be the quarterback. No. Um, it could be Jameis Winston. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, those are those are the three names I've heard the most, I think, in the first round as far as receiver. There's been some people who have talked defense. Again, like I said earlier, I think it's going to depend on 
what we do in free agency before the draft is going to dictate a lot. Or if we identify somebody we want in the draft, then that's going to dictate our free agency. I th- they're they're going to go hand in hand. Yeah, I think so. Another receiver, uh, as far as the draft goes, would be Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Um, again, got to do our prospect evaluations. <laughs> I know he's a big, big receiver. He's like 6'3", 225, but he's fast. So Like DK? Can he run routes? I think he's probably a little better at running routes, at least from what I've, the the very little I've read. But I did watch him a little bit because I was interested last year. I I kept hearing his name in college football and they were on during the day. And, you know, he made some big plays. Uh, He's just, he's a big body. That's my biggest problem with it. There's just so many college teams, so many guys. Yeah. I watch the Buckeyes and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me. I don't want to tell people what I think about certain college players that, I mean, I didn't watch a single minute of Traylon Burke's play. So he played for Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Are there games even on TV? When they play Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, I will look into some of these guys. Let us know who you guys are looking at the most. Um, I know a lot of the guys in the Patreon are sending us mock, mock drafts. Some of these guys, they live and breathe for this stuff. So if, you, if that's you, check out the Patreon. I'm telling you, you'll never be bored. It's a good community. It really is. It's growing into a really cool place to be in. Seeing all these guys pop in their mock drafts and stuff, I'm like, man, I'm really, I'm, I'm about ready to jump in and start doing my evaluations. <laughs> my so. mocks will be terrible. I'll trade away all my picks except for my first two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the last thing I wanted to talk about before we got out of here, um, I think it was Sam Howell, quarterback out of, uh, where did he play? North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. So he said he interviewed with the Eagles and they had him shooting hoops on like a little mini like Nerf hoop or something like that during the interview. And it just made me think, why do teams do these weird things? And to me, it just, they want to see how you react to like weird adverse situations. So much about football, especially playing quarterback is mental. That's true. And I mean, I'm sure when he was walking into the interview, he wasn't expecting to be asked to make baskets on a little Nerf hoop. Correct. So I, it probably had to do with like competition type thing. Like, is this guy going to grab this little Nerf ball and say, all right, I'm going to try to make as many of these shots as I can. Or is he like, this is weird. I don't want to do this. Yeah. You you, you always hear about teams ask weird questions. Like, would you rather drink sour milk or sour orange juice? And the answer (laughs) you give says you're a nice person or a serial killer. (laughs) You know, like there's, there's just like weird questions like that. Um, again, I think it's, I think especially when you're evaluating the quarterback position, so much of it is is mental. they, They just bring you in and they don't even care what you say. They want to see how you handle it, how you handle, I mean, this is the biggest job interview of your life. So how do you handle a curveball, something you probably didn't prepare for at all as soon as you walk into this interview? And that's kind of, you know, how they are judging you. They they don't care what the answer is. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, you know, your tape, obviously if you're being talked to as like a potential first-round quarterback, your tape's good, the other guy's tape's good, the other guy's tape's good. How are you mentally? Yeah, can you lead men? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, especially as like a 22, 23-year-old kid. Yep. That, that'd be old. You know, some of these guys are probably 20. That's true. So um, I just got a kick out of that, uh, making them shoot Nerf baskets, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out for any more weird things I hear. I've heard over the years, I can't remember specifically, but I've heard some very weird questions. I know in draft day, 
great movie. They gave guys playbooks with money in the back. Bo Callahan stole oh, yeah. the money. Piece of shit, Bo Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for draft day so I can watch draft day. I watch the movie draft day every year on draft day. It's like my go-to. So here's an idea. What if we, are we going to do our draft? Our live draft? Yeah, our live draft again. I figured unless, you know. So I think we should, and we may or may not have a brand new studio that we can tap into to use resources for that. But it'd be cool if we all got together and watched draft day and then did our live show. I'd be down with that. All right. Vontae Max, no matter what. That's right. <laughs> I love See that See if we can movie. get Zach out of bowling for that one. Yeah, and we'll get Justin healthy. <laughs> If we can show up sick, Justin can show up sick. That's right. Uh, sorry to whoever else uses this microphone. <laughs> Hopefully they're not watching. Uh, so that was basically, you know, what we wanted to talk about today. Let us know if you guys hear any funny stories coming out of these interviews. Um, let us know what wide receivers you're looking, or if you think the Browns aren't even going to look at wide receiver and we're going somewhere else, let us know what you think. Um, lastly, let us know what you think about Njoku and Clowney. Um help us fill these episodes until we get closer to some of the cool stuff so you know help us out join the after hours if you guys are looking to get especially if you're looking to get really heavy into mock drafts and talk you know prospects and all that good stuff jump into that um i'm going to be 100 honest that's not my strength and a lot of these guys in this group it's like what they live for so a little bit of everything for everybody in that uh so check that out join the dogs.com um this time next week we will have seen some of the performances at the combine we'll be able to talk about that uh so hopefully the weather's good where you are and everybody have a good week thanks for listening to another episode of the dogs podcast make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on twitter at the dogs podcast and become an official dog pack member and join the dogs.com mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.